Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. We have another great guest for you today, someone who shares our passion about increasing the financial literacy in America. She has worked together with the American Institute of CPAs and has gathered suggestions from over 100 CPAs to create the book, Save Wisely, Spend Happily. Today, she's going to share with us from the book some of the 30 tips of reducing expenses, as well as some of the 10 tips to raise your credit score and ways to save for your kids' college education, as well as your retirement. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much. Hey, we really appreciate you being with us today, and I think you share a similar passion that Tony and I have, and that is making sure people are financially literate and making smart choices with their money. When we see a few years ago that Americans had a negative savings rate, and then we see studies that show the low account balances that the baby boomers have, it seems like many Americans are very ill-prepared and you did a lot of work for financial literacy. You've authored the book, Save Wisely, Spend Happily. You've got a lot of simple tips that people could start implementing to maybe help their families be in a better financial position. Let's start out with, what are some of the more pressing issues facing family finances today? Certainly, a lot of people believe that the most recent legislation didn't raise taxes, and yet the payroll taxes went back up to 6.2%. So if you make $50,000 a year, you're going to have $1,000 less take-home pay, $100,000, $2,000 less take-home pay. And so it's very important for people to understand early in the year how to make adjustments to their spending patterns to make sure that they don't find themselves in a hole. And it's so very important. At the end of the day, we're all the CEOs of our own lives. We're on the driver's seat of our own cars, and those cars are our financial lives. And we have to make the decisions. You and I may not be able to control what's happening on the international market. We may not be able to control what's happening at the country level, but we can control what's happening in our own wallets. It's just so important for us to understand that we need to take simple steps. And I thank you for mentioning the book, Save Wisely, Spend Happily. We brought 125 CPAs from across the country together. So imagine chicken soup for the wallet from the absolute experts. We have a combined thousand years of experience, and it's a total gift. There's no upsell. There's no hidden agenda. The CPAs came together and said, we need to do something to help people struggling, to help people find what they need, to take simple steps today. We have 30 savings tips as to how you can reduce your expenses. We have 30 ways that you can increase your income. And so it's up to each and every one of us. So many people are waiting for that magic pill, that magic bullet that's going to give them overnight riches and overnight success. And each and every one of us need to look in the mirror and know, okay, I am in control. Now, if everybody would just do one thing, which is spend less than they earn, I'd be out of business and celebrating. The problem is people are out there with crazy credit and crazy spending habits, and they need to rein those in. Well, we definitely know now that a whole generation has been raised on impressions on a daily basis from media outlets basically saying, have it today and pay for it later. So it's definitely a difficulty to overcome. Just to go more on the point that we started out with is with payroll taxes increasing, of course, many other things have increased too. And health insurance costs increased gas prices, food prices. Do you know roughly the average family 
In 2013, what are they taking a step back as far as income? If we're up already just 1000 in taxes, plus higher gas prices and food prices, the average family must be already backwards a couple thousand dollars, right? That's right, and we're not expecting for the economy to grow more than 2-3% this year. So we're taking a bigger step backwards than we're taking forward as the economy grows. So it's very important for families to say, what can I do? What simple steps? And so many times, and you're so good at supporting families across the country, parents don't want to talk to their kids about money. They don't want them to know that they're stressed out. But I try and tell parents, you know, your children know it whether you want them to or not. If they're stressed over finance, the kids know it. Or they have friends at school who have lost their homes or their parents have lost their jobs. And so it's really important to have that conversation and let your kids know what you're doing to make sure you stay afloat. And then let them understand, and by respecting them and sharing that with them, they're going to have a higher level of confidence. And all of a sudden, you're going to see them turning off their lights more often. They're going to feel invested in the process, and our kids are so creative, they're going to come up with other ways for you to save money. Now, you mentioned that your book has 30 different simple tips on how people could save money. Could you maybe share with our listeners two or three of them? Oh, sure. I would love to. One idea that came from people writing them to me, and I just loved it, We hear at workplaces where people have weight loss competitions, well, have a savings competition with a group of friends at work. Figure out who can save the most amount of money over a one-month period and then have a party to celebrate, and all of you will save money, and then you'll actually share different ideas with one another on how to best save money, and it makes it fun. So it's not just drudgery. So many people feel like if they have to save money or if they have to spend less, it's going to be painful. Well, turn it into something that's kind of more fun and more invigorating, and it gives you that motivation to keep going in the right direction. And then another one we had that came up was five people at the office got together, and instead of trying to brown bag it every single day, turn it into a picnic. Each one of you takes a day of the week. You save money. You end up having more fun, and you end up eating better because you're bringing in healthy, nutritious food one day a week for five people as opposed to every day trying to throw something in a bag as you're running out the door. Those are a couple of things that actually are working with people, and it makes the saving side of it the secondary piece. You're actually having fun and having that social interaction. We have another gal who, again, the old carpool concept, but what she did was she made it a book club. So she had a group of friends who got together, and they carpooled, and they have an hour commute each way, so they end up listening to audiobooks, and they have a discussion. So they're actually learning during that time together. And the byproduct is they're saving money. Well, bottom line, any of those tips, I mean, even back to the idea of lunch, I mean, you save $5 a day versus stopping at an expensive restaurant, multiply that times a 30-year career, that can be a retirement. (laughs) It is, and it's healthier for you because probably half of those times you're driving through a fast food store. Obviously, there's a place for them, but if you make a steady diet of fast food, it's not a very good health choice either. I recently had a client, and I hope she's listening to this, but we went through their cash flow. They were having trouble making their bills, getting paid, and all that type of thing. They never really did a budget. They just kind of spent money as they needed to. They made pretty good income, and all of a sudden, they're upside down on things. They had a couple kids. What they ended up doing is life was so busy that they'd quick go through the drive-thru, and they were spending eleven to 1200 a month on drive-thru. I couldn't believe it. You'd almost have to try to spend that much 
but that became a staple of their regular meals. Plus, you know, they'd treat themselves by going out to eat once in a while. Going through the drive-thru wasn't going out to eat. They'd go through the drive-thru and bring the food home. But it's amazing how much money can add up and be spent when you don't keep track of it. It's frightening. It really is. When you think about how do you take control, and part of it is recognizing that. You know, in the book we talk about budgeting as kind of a negative word. People kind of go drudgery when they think of the word budgeting. So we call it spending plan. Let's create a spending plan. Let's look and see where you spent your money. And in the book we actually give you a chart with the national averages and say, compare how you've spent your money over the last year with the national average, and it can help you quickly identify where you may want to start looking where you can have your quickest savings is to figure out where you're the most out of line with national averages. And then within the book, we have five or six different ways to do those spending plans or budgets so that you can find the way that's best and easiest for you and your family. Maybe you want to do it online or maybe you want to go back to the envelope method, but ways that people truly have been able to do it successfully. And that's the benefit of the book is it's really the entire book is experience learning how other people have made small changes and big results. There's one story I love in the book where a personal financial planner had met with a woman and she was $150,000 in credit card debt. She made one change at his suggestion to start taking all of her bonuses and all of her pay increases and just not taking them into her wallet but using them to pay down debt. And then, of course, she disappeared for three or four years, as we all know those clients tend to do. And then she came back and He looks at her stuff and he says, wow, you're out of debt. You've got money and savings. What did you do? And she says, I followed your advice. And literally this woman in four years had had several promotions and was able to get a hold of her financial life by following that one simple step. And it's something that all of these stories can trigger those thoughts on how you can take those steps in your own life. That's fantastic. Hey, a recent study proved that for many, financial fitness is as tough as maintaining physical fitness. And some of the tips you provided today not only help financially, but like you pointed out with the lunches and things, you might actually improve your health too. And that will obviously provide additional savings in the future. But what are the mental roadblocks that prevent people from saving, spending, and investing wisely? Well, I think certainly if we think about the last five years in the market, the roller coaster we've been in, there's been a tremendous amount of fear. And that fear can do one of two things. It can motivate you or paralyze you. And most of us are paralyzed by fear. And so the issue is to be able to acknowledge that there's a problem. And then once you've acknowledged it, it's a whole lot easier to tackle it. But most people want to bury their head in the sand. They want to try and outrun the problem. And by trying to outrun it, they end up digging themselves into a deeper hole. So it's so very important for people to understand that you're not alone. People get fearful and they become solitary. That just makes the problem worse is that ask for help. And that was the whole genesis of doing this book during this time in our economic history, is to give that kind of help to help people understand you're not alone and that there are things you can do to take control and to feel empowered. Because once you take that first step, your self-confidence is going to increase and it's going to give you the ability to take the second step. But there's so many books written on the mind and your mindset, and that's a very important issue because mindset is very important when it comes to money matters. But then people say, well, but I need to know what to do. Tell me what to do. And so this book covers not only the mind aspect, but gives you simple things, how-to things that you can do today to improve your financial life tomorrow. That's fantastic. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, let's continue this great conversation and providing more tips and helping people save money and certainly improve their quality of life. Please stay tuned. Just for a moment, try to imagine you're dead. 
You think that's hard? Try this. You're dead, and you don't have life insurance. What would happen to your family's home, to your family's finances, or your family's future? Now here's a thought to put your mind at ease. Life insurance takes care of things should anything happen to you. Death may be hard to imagine, but without life insurance, it's simply unthinkable. Welcome back as we continue our conversation today with Sharon Lecter, who is the founder of Pay Your Family First and best-selling author, financial literacy expert, and CPA. I got to tease you, it's almost what have you done lately. You are just amazing dynamo. So we appreciate having you here today. Let's maybe dial in on the book a little bit. It's called Save Wisely, Spend Happily. Who can really benefit from the book? And of course, tell us where you can get it. Well, thank you so much. It's available at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or on my website, SharonLector.com. The book is really written for anyone who's breathing because it covers from budgets to retirement to identity theft to teaching children, whether they're young teenagers or young adults. It talks about ways that you can change your patterns and change your mindset. It talks in one section that's really great is marriage and money, how to have that money talk with your spouse. For instance, we talk about, well, sometimes that is such a critical issue, and yet it's so fearful for a husband and wife, particularly if you have different money habits. And so we say, well, have a money date and take your spouse out and start talking about how your parents dealt with money. You'll end up with a lot of laughter, and you probably will end up with a lot of recognition as to why you may have different philosophies. And then have personal goals and have your spouse do their personal goals, and then come up with goals together that you're on the same page. So many, I mean, we talk about the causes of divorce and many surveys show that financial problems or money is the number one cause for divorce. The AICPA did a poll last May and the average married couple admitted to having three to four arguments a month over money. So why not address that and get that beside you and make sure you're on common front as to where you're headed related to money. You'll find a whole different aspect in your future and in your life together. The next question I have for you is there was a recent news report that talked about people tapping into their 401ks early. And I got to share with you, I mean, Tony and I, we share the same passion. This is probably one of the things that kind of makes us sick to our stomach because most people are already behind the eight ball. And when they decide to take that quick fix, a lot of times I've seen where people, when they change jobs, they have that 401k rollover, they almost look at it as a bonus severance package and they spend it and they end up paying the 10% penalty plus the tax. And a lot of times that distribution puts them in a higher tax bracket. It just makes us sick because they're taking two steps backwards. Why and what should people be doing to avoid that? Well, you have just hit one of my biggest bugaboos. So many parents are robbing their 401ks to pay for their kids' education, and I ask them one simple question. You can borrow for your child's education. You cannot borrow for your retirement. On top of it, if you're not the right age, of course, you're going to have those penalties and they have taxes on the amount that you pull out of your 401ks. So I ask people to think about When you put money into your retirement account, forget about it. Allow that to be your soldiers, your employees working for you. Those hard-earned dollars are working and accumulating for you. Obviously, you have to have good advisors that are going to help you make sure that it's growing and it's easily maintained and adjusted when it needs to be adjusted. But don't rob yourself of your 401k to do particularly pay for frivolous things. But even more so, so many parents are pulling that out for their kids' education. Your kids are going to end up having to take care of you. You don't want that either. So it's very important that once you have that money set aside in your retirement, I'll make sure it's working for you and make sure it's getting its maximum return, but don't pull it out. 
And you know, one thing is that people are typically not aware of is 401ks are completely creditor protected. So if you get into hard financial dire straits and God forbid have to go through bankruptcy, your 401k is safe. And if you have to go through bankruptcy and you've borrowed money for your kid's education, they can't take nothing away from you. And so you really got to be careful about making smart decisions when you decide where you're going to pull money from, what you're going to do. When you look at your kids, they're going to have their whole lives and careers ahead of them to pay those student loans back. And especially with today at interest rates at all-time lows, why not take advantage of that and have the kids invest in their education? And I always tell people, too, is if you're behind the eight ball for retirement and you're able to help the kids down the road, you can always help them later. But if you aren't saving for retirement, if you're not where you need to be to realize your retirement lifestyle goals to put you that much further back, you don't have any time to catch up anymore. I would help kids as you can, not trading your retirement for just hoping to make it a little bit easier for those kids. That's so true, and it's so important, and I hope that they're listening to you because they feel responsible that they have to provide their kids with everything. And I ask them, think about, do they really need to go to that out-of-state school if that tuition is so high? Maybe they should go in-state for two years and then go to that out-of-state, or maybe start talking to them before they get into ninth grade to make sure they understand the importance of earning good grades so that they can qualify for scholarships or are in a position of financial need. See, there's so many financial grants that are offered by the federal government based on need that you can make sure you apply for everything. And we also talk about all that in the book, Save Wisely, Spend Happily as well, to make sure you're maximizing the amount of support your children can get before you start borrowing money. And Sharon, as a planner, of course, we're big fans of trying to guide people and make sure that they don't try and always go things alone. And so let's talk about your book, which contains advice for more than 100 CPAs, which is invaluable. But why should people ask for help and or work with a financial planning expert? We actually did a survey this past December, and only 13% of Americans that we surveyed said that they use a professional advisor. And it is just sickening to me. We need to make sure if you needed to have a heart transplant, you'd go to a cardiologist, heart surgeon. You would go to the right people, the experts in that field. And we all try to go it alone when you let so many people try to go it alone on their tax returns. It's so important to go to the expert. And that expert that has experience in what you're doing. If you're a real estate investor, make sure your CPA has real estate investing clients or they even invest in real estate on their own. Make sure you're getting the benefit of their years of experience in helping other people succeed so that they can look at your tax returns. I tell people, if you've not had a CPA help you with your taxes, take your last three years, make an appointment, and I guarantee you they're going to spot things that maybe you should have done on those tax returns, ways that you could have saved money, and most importantly, guide you on things that you can do today, start minimizing your tax impacts at the end of the year. And that's so important because they're the ones who know it best. They know it. They live it. They have hundreds of clients. So why not get the benefit of all of that experience on your financial life? You know, it's interesting. I just met with a gentleman that worked at the bank and he was getting ready to retire. I was brought in to just kind of share some ideas with him. And here he was going to do a self-directed IRA. In that self-directed IRA, he was going to put it all into one thing. He was pretty self-assured. I need this much money to live on. This is going to generate this much income. And then I asked him, I said, well, you're locking in to an investment vehicle where the interest rate is going to be fixed for 20 years. And I said to him, I said, are you worried about inflation? 
And he's like, well, yeah, but, you know, 6% is more than enough money. Well, it only gave him like maybe a 5 or 10% cushion over what his lifestyle needs were. And I said, well, have you built in any inflation hedge on there? He said, no. I said, what about taxes? Do you feel taxes are going up, down, staying the same? He says, well, they're probably going to go up. I said, so you've done all these calculations based on this year's tax rate. You didn't have any built-in for inflation. I said, what's the longevity like in your family? He says, well, my wife's parents are still living. His parents were still living well into their 80s. And I said, so you've done no tax planning, no planning for inflation. And he said, you know, maybe we need to talk more. So the thing is, if you're not doing some of these things for a living and you're not on top of what's going on, to try to go it alone, sometimes you can make some big mistakes. So I think it's always good when you need an expert, you get an expert. And I think you're one of the experts. And with the book you've compiled with the 100 CPAs, I think people should reach out to get your book to get those helpful hints because most people are behind where they need to be. And the book Save Wisely, Spend Happily, I think should be in everybody's personal library. So once again, just share with us how they can get that. Well, thank you so much. Yes, you can get it at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or SharonLector.com. Thanks so much for joining us today, and hopefully we can visit again in the future. I would look forward to it. Thank you so much. This is really important information, and I appreciate you doing it for your listeners. Thanks for joining us this week, and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.